Fish on a Hater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that caught both a black and white Chiron, and also a green one somehow. I don't know how we managed that, DeFi. How are you doing? I think that one was a little sick. I think it was, I think it was ill. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how are you? <laughs> so uh, my week was pretty okay. I visited Atlanta, which was really fun. I got to see mm-hmm. Hurricane Kaz uh, and Sushi Must Write and uh, Laura Croft and just a lot of really cool people in Atlanta. I got to play a little bit of Community Day with them. Uh, got to see some of the attractions like the aquarium. The Georgia Aquarium was really fun. Coke World is weird. If you go to Atlanta, Coke World. Coke World. It's like it's like walking into a Coca-Cola commercial cuz Coca-Cola was invented in Atlanta. Like that's the home base right. of Coca-Cola. Um and it's very strange. Like yeah, don't go to, it's like one it. of those like let's not go to Camelot. It's a silly place. Um <laughs> let's not just don't go to Coke World. It's the tasting room's kind of cool cuz you um uh, which is really I think the whole point of going cuz they have um, because Coke owns everything, by the way. <laughs> they own, like all the beverages. But they have a variety of beverages for in different like countries and different markets that I had never heard of that are very mm-hmm. popular in those markets. So it was really interesting to try products from all over the world. That was kind of fun. Occasionally I host like my own quiz nights for work. Um so like I work for a for a company that does this stuff and then occasionally like someone will hire me to run a quiz night uh just on my own so i'll write those questions one of the games that i like to play is uh coke or pepsi where i name a drinks brand and they'll either be owned by you know the coca-cola company or the pepsi company and the players have to guess which is which it's like a 50 50 guessing game and there there's just so many there's so many like did you know doritos is owned by the pepsi company yeah (laughs) it's wild it's wild okay so yeah i did that uh i got to see we went to the atlanta zoo and that was really fun they do this really cool chinese lantern uh display and you go through like Mm. the whole zoo and they have these just ornate chinese lanterns of different animals and but they also had like Mm. dragons and a phoenix and they're gorgeous so it evolved from the chinese chin chow display no (laughs) <laughs> um, I though I did catch myself the spelling most lantern. Lame pun that I'll yes. ever make. But I, I'm so used to spelling lantern the way the Pokemon is spelled yeah. that it's weird <laughs> to spell it like a lantern. Yeah. Um, but no, that was beautiful. Um, and just playing Community Day with people. I did some routes. I actually like did the Mateo thing one oh, time. Nice. I'm still yet to meet Mateo. <laughs> I, I did. I met Mateo once, and now I'm in the step. You got to meet him three times after that. I'm like, I don't have mm. time for this, Mateo. <laughs> but that was interesting. So really glad I got to meet up with those people from Atlanta. I've been a little under the weather since. Just I think travel because I left my house at like two in the morning on Saturday. Did a full day of like tourist and meeting up with people, and then Sunday. I did a whole day of like meeting up with people and community day and things. I didn't get back to my house until like 11 o'clock at night Sunday. And then I was just, my body just said, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) you're done. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, it sounds like a cool week. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So I have been, I, I didn't end up playing much of the community day weekend. Um, 
just because I kind of like had good ranks of everything I wanted uh, that was being featured. Um, I didn't even check to see if there was kind of any extra versions of mons that are high ranks that I could evolve. Um, I was just busy, <laughs> busy <laughs> enjoying my solitude in my big empty haunted house, <laughs> which I've mentioned last week. Oh, I'm glad that you are enjoying it. I would still not enjoy that whatsoever, but glad that you are having a good time in your giant empty haunted house. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to some PvP stuff, shall we? We are in the middle of Holiday Cup and the Open Master League. Which one have you been playing, DeFi? <laughs> oh, definitely Master League. You know me, mm. Fish. I've yeah. been in, I've been in the Holiday Cup. Yeah, you you just won't shut up about Master League. Like, oh, yeah. Every time before the recording, <laughs> you're just going on and on and on about the Master League matchups. And I'm like, DeFi, please, we have to record. <laughs> but I've been playing just a little bit. I think I'm at rank 17 now. Um, so I've gone up a couple since last week. I mostly just played Skeleturge double um, pseudo fighter. So I did mm -hmm. Skeleturge, Vigoroth, and Dubwool. Nice. And had fun with that. Skeleturge definitely, you know... It's having its time mm -hmm. in the sun right now yep. and just kind of enjoying it. Getting used to the whole like five turn fast move thing, which is typically not my preference. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big change in play style for you. Yes. And it is frustrating at times because <laughs> you just watch your opponent. Like I know they're going to throw like two turn, like they're going to throw two uh -huh. counters and then so it can be frustrating on the other side. Like watching what i would normally do and then like there's also occasions where you have to throw on not the best timing like the the ideal timing is to throw after one or three incinerates uh, mm -hmm. maybe in some circumstances five because then like you're only allowing them if they've got a two turn move you're only allowing them half of a free move rather than a full move if you say threw after two or four but you can't do that all the time. You can't like, really do that. <laughs> it's so much harder to throw on ideal. I don't. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to let him have a free counter or, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's advantages and disadvantages, right? That's why I think it was actually a really good decision to buff the stats of, of Incinerate as much as they did because it kind of offsets the disadvantages that such a long duration move brings. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed playing it a little bit. Yeah. I had some really good sets. I had some really, you know, not great sets as well. But we're at rank 17. We're chilling. Just got to gotta play a little bit more. We'll get we'll get the ELO maybe by the time you hear from me next. Def I would say definitely by the time you hear from me next, I better, yeah. <laughs> I better have played enough. So for me, I, have, I got my ELO and it was like one of the lowest starting ELOs I've ever had. It was like it was just above the 2000 mark. Like I was this close to starting like below ace for the first time ever, which was like a weird feeling, but I've uh, kind of climbed up just enough so that falling below ace is not too much of a concern right now. I've been kind of bouncing back and forth around the 2100s. I have been really enjoying running a backline of dub wall and obstagoon. So Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Obstagoon is a counter, and we get this in so many metas. We've had this in so many metas in the past, where Obstagoon 
is has like this really interesting relationship with Vigoroth where it does a lot of the same things with its counter damage being a normal type with counter uh, but it has different matchups in that it's so much nicer into ghosts but so much worse into opposing fighters so uh, more specifically like an opposing Vigoroth so what I do is I'm very liberal with swapping into my double early in the battle because generally if they've got a Vigoroth, they will counter with the Vigoroth. And double into Vigoroth is not the worst thing in the world. Like there are plenty of situations where I can win that matchup and maintain alignment. But if not, I can get them very, very low and then take them, take the rest of them out with like whatever my lead Pokemon was. And then generally they don't, tend to have another counter in the back for the obstacle so obstacle ends up being pretty safe in the end game occasionally i'll run into like a a, a whimsicott or something and then that's just the top left but uh, <laughs> other than that like it's yeah I've, I've been enjoying using that i'm glad i'm glad you found something you enjoyed i'm curious what we're all gonna enjoy during the upcoming week it's in the middle of the holiday season for those of us in the united states but that is december 22nd to 29th and it is all three open leagues open great open ultra and open master league so very interested to see especially after some of these more recent play pokemon um, official championship series tournaments Real curious to see kind of what's going to rise to the top here. Hmm. Real curious. Real. It's interesting. <laughs> like the, we're definitely in a new meta and I'm excited about it. Then after that, from December 29th to January 5, we have uh, the continuation of Open Great League, but also the Little Cup edition of Holiday Cup. So this is a 500 CP cap with only normal grass, electric, ice, flying, and ghost types, just like what we've been having with the Great League uh, Holiday Cup. The top 10 on PV Poke, as a reminder, XL Smeargle. Uh, I'll read out the, the whole 10 and then we'll go back to it. XL Smeargle, Vigoroth, Amora, Shadow and Regular Alolan Vulpix, Shadow and Regular Abomasnow, Double... Shadow Litwick, Shadow and Regular Alolan Marowak, Shadow Alolan Sandslash, and Aurorus. So, once again, that Smeagol at the top, it is listed with the moveset of Lock-On and Flying Press. Now, last week, we talked about how you can't get Smeagol with Lock-On and Flying Press. Turns out, that's not entirely true, DeFi. Yeah, and I thought about it afterwards... I was like, you know, there is there is a way to do it, but again, that makes it even more rare because it's a it's it's a little interesting the way you more, do it. So more rare than not possible. More rare than not possible, but still <laughs> still pretty rare. What you would need to do is take a picture of a smeargle that knows lock on. So it would have or take a picture of a Pokemon that knows lock on to get your smeargle. Now there's very few Pokemon that can do that. Like Registeel and the Porygon family. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And that w- you need to specifically take a picture of a Porygon or a Registeel with that is a shadow or purified because Smeargle can't learn return and Smeargle can't learn frustration. So what it does then is it randomizes 
the second move. And there's a lot of charge moves in Pokemon Go Fish. We have mm. we have a lot. So you would have to do a lot of smeargles to happen upon one that knows both lock on and flying press. That's a lot of pictures of Registeel in your phone to make that happen. <laughs> but it is it is possible, but it is ve- it's going to be I think it's going to be very rare. I think you might see smeargle but not necessarily Lock on flying press miracle. Mm, I think yeah. the Thundershock flying press, because that's a lot easier to obtain, might be a little more popular still. We'll have to see, though. We'll have to see mm. how it shakes out. And if you do manage to obtain a lock on flying press Smeargle that way, then congratulations on Legend. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to be really good. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> So that is the Holiday Cup Little Edition. We also have, moving ahead one more week, January 5 to January 12, the Open Ultra League and Great League Remix. So Remix is the version of Great League where they ban the top 20 most used Pokemon by trainers Ace, Rank, and above. And this season, that list is... <clears throat> Alolan Sandslash, Alolan Ninetales, Wigglytuff, Noctowl, Lantern, Azumarill, Umbreon, Pelipper, Sableye, Medicham, Otaria, Registeel, Deoxys Defense Form, Bastidon, Toxicroak, Scrafty, Galarian Stunfisk, Greninja, Talonflame, and Trevenant. Um, yep, that's a lot of Pokemon <laughs> fish. Uh, so we'll, to let's go through what is allowed in the PV Poke Top Ten: Skarmory with Steelwing. And mm-hmm. XL Carbink are gonna are gonna top this list for certain. Skarmory could be the shadow or the regular, but yeah, those are the top two Pokemon that you are going to see. Next up is Mandibuzz coming in at number three. Then we have Shadow Gligar as well as regular Gligar. Then we have Vigoroth with the new and improved Rock Slide. Mantine running the Wing Attack, Aerial Ace, and Ice Beam moveset. Guzzlord makes an appearance with Dragon Cl- Tail, Dragon Claw, and Crunch. We also have specifically Shadow Polyrath with Counter, Scald, and Icy Wind, another Pokemon that it has been improved as of late, as well as Shadow Obama Snow. Coming up last as the 10th species in PV Poke, that's going to be your Lickitung. Obviously, that is going to be XL'd. Hopefully, you've been able to build one by now. But that's that's the meta we are looking at. Skarmory is going to be a fierce competitor. You're really going to want to have something on there that can tackle it. For example, Chargebug could be really good jellicent charge or um yeah charger bug's gonna be kind of your big one to take on skarmory but charger bug's not like it's all the way down at rank 45 mm. yeah um i am looking at the moment at the top three pokemon in a team on team builder so that's skarmory carbink and mandibuzz there's not a ton that can take out all three it does say that an opposing skarmory will do that job so, I mean, obviously that'll beat the Carbink very well. Looks like it does beat the Mandibuzz. Is going to be a tie against the Skarmory on the other team. It's listing Shadow Polyrath here. I imagine that's with the ice, Icy Wind and Scold combination. Shadow Machamp, Magnazone will beat all three. 
Uh, Unovan Stunfisk, which is looking pretty good against all three. We've got Steelix, Probopass, uh, Bellybolt is in there. <laughs> can, can, will Bellybolt see its day? <laughs> Relicanth, Shadow Sweeper, and Clink Clank. Yeah, we, we're getting into some some real murky territory here. So uh, probably, yeah, the first like 10 or so. I'll, I'll include Bellybolt in there. <laughs> the first 10 or so Pokemon on that list, you might uh, you might be interested in when you want to break those top three Pokemon. And with that, uh, we can go ahead and talk about in-game events. Right now, Kyrim is in the raid battles for the Master League. It's also a reward for the Go Battle League. Briefly, for for just a little bit, some people got a Kyrim Black and Kyrim White as Go Battle League rewards. Not sure how that was resolved or what button somebody pressed <laughs> to make that happen. That feels like it would be a strange series of button presses to make Kieran mm. Black and Kieran White in the game. Can just as a Go Battle League reward, just for a short amount of time. They're beautiful looking Pokemon. We saw them on um yep. On socials and people got really excited like oh my goodness is this an exclusive go battle league is this a surprise no it was okay. people should know better by now <laughs> i know people people should know so that that exists but regular old kiram like still pretty good in master league especially because kiram black and kiram white aren't out yet so if you're looking for those master league battles that is an option i think i've got about a hundred kiram xl candy it's one Ooh. of the ones that i actually have raided for in the past i hope to do raid hour tomorrow because we are recording on a tuesday which makes tomorrow wednesday i have a 98 i'm trying to look really quick if my 98 is viable um so i have a 98 kiram yep it's a 15 15 14 so that is perfectly acceptable for the master league and 106 kiram xl candy certainly not there yet still a ways to go but it's it's certainly it's more than i have for a lot of my other legendary pokemon i think um what i might do is because like i've i have been talking as as you have as well like we've both been talking for a long time about wanting to get into master leagues to be able to like be a bit more you know complete with our knowledge of of pvp so i think next time a truly relevant master league pokemon comes into the rotation i think i'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and spend the money on raid passes to raid the thing enough to get the xl candy for it now i won't do that with like any pokemon i'll have to take a look at like what can i build a team of three around so at the moment i've the only pokemon that i've got maxed out to level 50 that is master league relevant is a hundo dragonite i'll have to kind of look at what else i've got and decide what pokemon fits that the best like will it would it be groudon will it be ho like whatever it is like when i make that decision this is the pokemon i next have to target once that pokemon returns to raids i'm probably going to pump a lot of money into remote raid passes to right, well, I, that, that makes done. me feel a little bit better about my roster because i've got you know Ursaluna, Haxorus, mm-hmm. Excadrill, Garchomp, Togekiss, Melmetal, Machamp, Gyarados, Metagross, and mm-hmm. a Dragonite. And then I could build right now, I could build a Snorlax, I could build a Mamoswine, I could 
make a swampert for master league if i really wanted to um so i i do have options just nothing mm. legendary lots of yeah. pseudo legendaries like the metagross the garchomp but no no true legendary Pokemons. A lot I would like to. Like, I love, like, a Viserneus that would be great. A Yivatel, a Zacian, a Groudon, a Kirim, a Ho-Oh. But I just... Ugh, so much work. We have a lot of intent. Yes. I have a lot of good choices, just nothing that I can build, at least not to 50. Like, I can get them all past 40 a little bit, just not, not quite there. So that's Karim in Master League raid battles. That will that won't be the Pokemon that I go ham for, but it is definitely Master League relevant. So uh, please consider that one if you are looking to expand your Master League roster, especially if you are participating in grassroots formats, which is a bit of a teaser for what we've got coming up a little later in the show. In the meantime. We have the Winter Holiday Event Part 1 happening now, which is a debut event for the Pokemon Satitan. As a reminder, Satitan is a Pokemon with kind of average bulk 1899 stat product, a straight Ice-type Pokemon. We do have the moves now. Satitan ranked 283 on the Open Great League rankings, and Satoddle, the basic form... Uh, at level 51, actually ranked slightly higher at 278, so five spots higher. And the moveset for both of them is actually Ice Shard, Avalanche, and Body Slam. The Satoddle also has access to Heavy Slam, which might be relevant depending on the meta. Actually, they both do. Wow, they both have the exact same moveset. So um, both Pokemon have Ice Shard and Tackle as possible fast moves. And then both have Avalanche, Body Slam, and Heavy Slam. Of, of those, Avalanche and Body Slam are definitely the ones you want to go to. Heavy Slam would only be like a very specific use case, like like how Gyro Ball on Alolan Sandslash is only used very, very rarely, but for very specific situations. And again, just as a reminder, double candy, double dust, good reasons to play. Uh, Alolan Sandshrew, Seal, Eevee, Swine and Piloswine, Bergmite, Namara, and there's that cute little spiel out there. It just can't evolve, but if he needs spiel candy for some reason, that's available. <laughs> we also have a debut coming out for the Pokemon Wordeer. Wordeer was featured in the video game Pokemon's Legends Arceus. It's getting a raid day from 2 to 5 p.m. on Saturday, December 23rd. So the day before Christmas Eve, if that is a holiday you celebrate. Uh, it will have its shiny released as well. Um, Wordeer, I think, is a beautiful looking Pokemon. Uh, I'm trying to think what it's going to quick take a peek at what it's shiny looks like because I never shiny hunted it in Legends Arceus. It is still kind of that green color that Stantler is, but appears to be just a little bit of a lighter green. If shiny hunting's your thing. But Fish, do we care about Wordier in PvP? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess... Uh, it's it's the same typing and actually the same similar well, very very similar bulk to giraffe rig so we'll have to see what moves it comes out with maybe like giraffe rig's got a pretty reasonable move set itself wordier might just be a slightly different 
giraffe rig maybe not necessarily depending on the moves it gets maybe not necessarily better or worse just plays differently at the moment giraffe rig will run generally confusion psychic fangs trailblaze and i've talked about it on the pod in the past how a moveset like that is one of those sneaks up on your type of movesets because like it only takes three confusions to get to the first psychic fangs and especially if they're running a shadow giraffe rig you might take those first three confusions they get to the first charge move and you're like well it's only a psychic fangs it's a low damage move i can take this but then it takes you to like just over half hp and then your defense is dropped and the confusion the next confusions are doing worse damage they get to the next psychic fangs and you're like well i'm definitely going to shield this but you've only got like a third of your hp left and then suddenly they're doing more confusions to you and you're like oh no i can't actually defend against <laughs> this now <laughs> i've uh, i'm traumatized by previous shadow giraffe rig encounters but um yeah, i was gonna say that sounds very very specific <laughs> <laughs> so word here could have similar type play depending on what moves it gets all right and i'm excited to see i'll probably raid for it a little bit we uh at least get the dex entry maybe see if i can get a shiny i'm a lucky dex player if anybody Mm -hmm. doesn't know i'm trying so whenever people see me for like a lucky trade at an event like this weekend i had a whole list hurricane kaz and i were lucky friends i'm like i got a list for you this is <laughs> this is a, i need a regirock lucky of all things do you have a regirock to spare yeah uh so got that uh so almost i am or it was a heatran i wanted the regirock she gave me a heatran Mm-hmm. I'm out there. I want a shiny Regirock. Someone to lucky trade me a shiny Regirock. <laughs> I will give you like an Arctabax or something. Like I have a lucky Arctabax. I have three. <laughs> I don't need any more. <laughs> I need a shiny Regirock. Because if you're going to lucky trade for a legendary, you might as well go for the Shondo. If you and I right? become lucky friends, I will give you that Regirock, Deepai. You better. You better. <laughs> That's not the response. <laughs> You better give me a shiny. You better get on a plane. Well, this podcast is over. It's over. over. <laughs> okay. Moving right along. We also have Winter Holiday Part 2. Let's go ahead and pull that list up. It is incredibly similar to Winter Holiday Part 1. I think the main addition is that shiny Vanillite and an adorable Psyduck. Uh, that can be shiny. Holiday Psyduck and Holiday Golduck. It's still, you know, double catch XP, double Stardust. You get extra dust from opening gifts. But the spawn list, I'm looking at it, and I don't really see differences. I'm trying. I see the snow runt. That's different, I think. If you want to make a level 51 Satoddle, you you go for it, friend. But other than that, Like, I don't really see a ton here that's different. It's pretty, pretty similar. And I mean, double catch XP, double dust. That's nothing to like, you know, turn your nose up at. That's a good reason to play the game. So that is the in-game event section. DeFi, we now have the return of a previous segment that we used to do every week, but obviously did not have reason to include after Sylph shut down. That is our grassroots pvp section so there has been a lot of 
uh, work behind the scenes by a lot of different players to build a replacement for Sylph Factions, which was the team PvP format that was just taking the PvP world by storm. It was growing exponentially every cycle. There has been a replacement called Battle Frontier that has kind of, it kind of grew kind of quietly in the background, didn't it? Like they're already in their second cycle. They had a previous cycle and they had like, they had a few teams playing, but it was kind of, uh, they really only kind of promoted it amongst like North American people. It wasn't like a global thing. And it just kind of word spread about it. And... Word of mouth is a powerful, it's a powerful, a powerful advertisement tool, yeah. tool. And and so now they're like entering into their second cycle. They've gone from like, uh, I'm just pulling these numbers like out of thin air, but like they've, they've gone from say 20 teams in the first cycle to something like a hundred in the, in the second cycle. And they've got enough teams that they're looking at probably splitting it into uh, APAC, North America, Europe, and Latin America as well. So it's kind of like the the people decided this is our faction's replacement. And it's pretty much like structured the same way as what factions was. So there is seven people to a team. Uh, each, each person plays a different role in the team. So there's a great league specialist, an ultra league, a master league, and then four... Uh, they don't call them fields like factions did. They call them domains. They, so there's four domain specialists, which is like a custom great league meta do you want to go through the domains that have been announced for this cycle that is starting in january DeFi? i would love to go through the domains and i'm pulling this right from the battle frontier discord server definitely something to seek out but their domains have been listed we have the open great league domain and an open master league domain uh two things to take a look at they are uh, point-based metas where you have tiers, you have a certain number of points, uh, you have 17 points to spend. There is an S tier, A tier, and a B tier, and anything not listed is just one point. So, for example, if you only have 17 points in a team, uh, your S tier Pokemon are Azumarill, Carbank, Gligar, Lantern, Lickitung, Metacham, Registeel, and Skarmory. You physically can't have... <laughs> more than one you get one s tier pokemon if you want you could also go with like multiple a tier pokemon instead so those are available as open great league so it's a point it's kind of a point i don't know what else to call it like how yeah no that 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 paints the full picture so it's the pokemon are kind of structured by what has the most effect on the meta uh, you mentioned Azumarill. As, as an S-tier Pokemon, you've got Pokemon like Carbink, Gligar, Lantern, Lickitung, Metacham, Registeel, and Skarmory. They're all S-tier picks on this list. You also have Open Master League, which functions the same way. There's a lot more tiers, though. And you also have some bans in Master League. You can only have one Mega per team, and there are Pokemon that are just straight banned. Like, there are some Megas yeah. that are banned. Uh, Zygarde Complete is banned. <laughs> Uh, and I think, yeah, and everything else is a mega, like you can't have, or primal, like you can't have primal Groudon on your team. You can't have primal Kyogre on your team, stuff like that. Um, and a variety of megas. And so, uh, I find this interesting because it's, it's 
point based like Great League, but the point system is structured very differently. So where in Great League you've got 17 points to spend and they've got three tiers, a seven point, a five point, and a two point. Everything else is that's not in those three is just one point. In Master League, you've only got eight points to spend and they've got five tiers. So there's a six point, a four point, a three point, a two point, and a one point tier. And then everything else that is not listed in those tiers is just no points. So you can have them for free on your team. I also find it very interesting that the six point, the highest tier, has three Pokemon in it. And they are Mega Sizor, Mega Salamence, and Mega Tyranitar. Now, not knowing as much as I would like to about Master League, that that looks really interesting to me. Yeah, something to definitely take a look at. I'm excited to chat with my own Master League specialist to try to figure out how this is going to work. I know Solgaleo and Xerneas uh, are also really good. They're in the S tier. Oh, I'm just, I'm very interested. Mm. Instead of having like lots and lots of Pokemon in a tier, it's, there's only a few, like the A tiers, mm. like only four Pokemon. Yeah. And really, like two of them are Giratina. Because <laughs> it's Giratina altered in origin. Yeah. And then two Megas. So I, I agree. I'm very interested in this. But then we have also custom metas. And there are domains. It's going to take me a long time. I'm going to get there. <laughs> We have domains. I think the first one, since we just did Master League, let's chat Ultra League domain. And that is, again, it's not open ultra. It's a custom, it's a custom meta. So that meta allows for dark, dragon, fairy, ghost, normal, psychic, and steel types. Other Pokemon allowed are shadows. Shadows are allowed. As well as Cantonian muck. Zapdos, Articuno, Ampharos, Regice, Galissapod, and Sneasler are all allowed. Megas are banned, as well as Pidgeot, Steelix, uh, Skarmory, Registeel, Giratina Altered, Kabalion, Zygarde Complete, Galarian Stunfisk, and Greedent. So very, very cool looking enchanted domain uh, the top 10 for that domain are tapu fini galarian wheezing skeledurge dubwool excadrill turtonator cresselia clefable polosand and golurk uh fish do you have a special note about that excadrill yeah just that the shadow like it specifically mentions the shadow which is a little bit surprising to me i find that it's the pokemon that do significant fast move damage that tend to benefit most from being a shadow but in this particular situation the shadow excadrill is ranked a significant amount higher than the regular excadrill i guess that makes sense now i kind of want to look <laughs> so that is um that is called the enchanted domain for the battle frontier yes i mean excadrill does fit the list of what a shadow pokemon wants it wants to have that high attack it wants to have low defense and it just makes yeah. the attack better yeah so i can see it is there something it wins a little heavier i'm gonna go into I mean the matrix battle because, I mean, you're still going to trounce Togedemaru. You're still going to trounce, like, that Galarian Weezing. Mm. 
Shadowal and Muck. Oh, the Shadow loses to Skeledurge. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. The regular yeah. one wins. Or no, no, no. Hold on. Ex- the regular Excadrill beats Skeledurge. The Shadow um, loses to it pretty significantly. Yeah, because like the, the 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 incinerates would be just doing so much damage. So I'm looking at the 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 head to head here. Interestingly, the Shadow Excadrill will pick up Mandibuzz and female Oinkalone over the regular. <laughs> Which I mean, we laugh, but like female Oinkalone's actually pretty I know. high. It's, yeah, it's it's number twelve it's on the list. Um, I just love that. That's I love its name. <laughs> and it loses Cresselia and Skeledurge, like you said. So the 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 regular extra drill is better against Cresselia. Let's look at the average points here. So the regular, interesting. The regular it says five hundred and eight average score. And the shadow says 502 average, both with an 18 win and 19 loss record. So it's, I'm not really seeing why the shadow is ranked so much higher. I, I mean, we said significantly higher. It's uh, what five spots. So extra drill shadow is fifth and extra drill regular is 10th. Interesting. It's a mystery. It probably involves some math. <laughs> so I guess I'll never know. I'll never know fish. But moving on, so we've gone over, we've talked about Open Great and Open Master League domains. They're point-based, where you have your budget of points to pick from in different tiers. We have the Ultra League Enchanted domain, and then there are two Great League domains to talk about. They are the Serene domain and the Primordial domain. Let's take a look at the Serene domain first. It allows normal psychic water types, so just normal psychic and water, so seems a little restricted. It also allows Conkeldur, Haunter, Hitmontop, and Gengar. The bans are quite hefty. <laughs> so Megas are banned. Grass types. Water. I think Pokemon that are water electric are banned. So specifically Lantern and Chinchou is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Then a long list of Pokemon. Let's see. Gardevoir, Double, Cresselia, Chansey, Araquanid, Greedent, Heliolisk, Lickitung, Mantine, Met- Metacham, this one is pop. Oh, it goes Poplio, and then after Poplio, Primarina. Yep. Polyrath, Pidgeot, Obstagoon, Miltank, Marini, Vigoroth, Wigglytuff, and Wobbuffet. Do you ever think about fish that just like how we know so much about this one little niche thing that we can all just kind of look at these pictures and we can name them all? I don't think that's. Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't see the weirdness wild. in that. I think I think it's I think, like, perfectly normal I, for us to be able to look at a, a an image of a Pokemon and and know what Pokemon that is. I mean, but there's over a thousand of them. I think not necessarily weird, but I think it's like understated how cool that is. <laughs> yeah, there is over a thousand Pokemon, isn't there? Is there, um how many of them are in the game at the moment? Is there over a thousand in the game? Um, no. Good question. I don't think so. I don't think we've hit that mark yet because we just got to over a thousand. Yeah. Uh, total with Paldea. But and even like 
you have like the regional forms, like being able to identify like, oh, that's a Suian, that's yeah. a Lolan. Like, I just want to state that that's kind of cool that we can all do that. Even if like I tripped on Primarina for a second. <laughs> took It took me a moment to get there, but it's I think that's cool that we know all these things. The Serene Domain PV Poke Top 10. Jellicent, Alolan Radicate, Azumarill, Munchlax, Pelipper, Female Oinkalone, Defense Deoxys, Greninja, Alolan Raichu, and Shadow Whiskash. I love me some Daddy Cash. What do you think of the Serene Domain Fish? Serene and Enchanted both have, like, their top 10s to me are pretty wild. Like, there are some Pokemon that... Alolan Radicate at number two for Serene. Like, I think a Alolan Radicate is a quite a fun Pokemon to use. I, if I end up being the Serene Domain player for my team, then I'm probably going to try and fit an Alolan Radicate on there somewhere. I want to play Oinkalone. Oinkalone. I just yeah. love. I just love that Lechonk is getting <laughs> love here. I love Lechonk is a baby. I love it. And I think Greninja is really fun too. Yeah, Water Shuriken and Hydro Cannon, like that's mm. fun. Uh, you know me though, Diggersby. I'm a huge fan. Uh, this Diggersby is it's number twelve in the PV poke. Hyper Beam, Scorching Sands, Diggersby is the Ooh, recommended. Yeah. XL Farfetched, just what? regular Cantonian Farfetched is number wow. fourteen. Fury Cutter, Leaf Blade, and Aerial Ace, which is a pretty solid move set to be real. That is a solid, like, you beat a lot of things with that. You beat Greninja. I want to see a Kanto Farfetch'd just <laughs> wallop everything. That's fun. Leaf Blade's, like, the best move in the game, probably. Like, the best charge move. <laughs> it's up there. It's up there. It's one of the best. We'll probably bring more information as we get into it. But in the meantime, we have the primordial domain, Deepai. We do. Primordial domain allowed typings are dark, dragon, electric, ice, and rock type. Some Pokemon that are additionally allowed Arbok, cast form, and I believe this is specific to the normal cast form, Galissapod. Licky Licky, Milotic, Munchlax, Sceptile, Snorlax, and Togetic. Lots of bands again. Big old list of bands. Megas are banned. Shadows are banned. Bet you I'm doing Primordial Domain and my, <laughs> my team of Shadows are banned. Seems more my style of play. So Megas, Shadows, Fighting, and Steel all banned, as well as it looks like 20 individual species bands. Abomasnow, Beartick, Carbink, I'm seeing Crustle, Dugon, Lantern, Haxorus, Guzzlord, Dragalge, Deancey? Yeah. Okay. Lycanroc. I'm stuck stuck on Deancey. Meow Scarada, which is the Sprigatito final evolution. Alolan Ninetales, Obstagoon, Pachirisu, Walrein, Umbreon, Unovan, Sunfisk, Regirock, and Kanto Raichu are all banned. Deancey and Meow Scarada being banned is interesting. Yeah, I find that wild. Um, Deancey might be an accessibility thing more than, uh, like, it might be good in the meta, uh, but also not be, like, uh, didn't you have to have, like, an in-person GoFest ticket or uh, even just a global GoFest ticket to get one of those? Um, I remember catching one in Japan. I don't remember what the accessibility on it was. Mm. 
I, I think uh, I think you had to pay for a ticket to get one. So it might be like good enough in the meta that it warrants banning it just for accessibility issues. Not like so so good that it's just busted and polarizing and whatnot, but like just good enough so that it makes it a little bit unfair if someone has access to it and someone else like didn't want to pay for a GoFest ticket or couldn't pay for a GoFest ticket. Fair enough. If we take a look at the PB Poke top 10 for the primordial domain, we have Pseudo Wudo, Aurorus, Cradilly, Snorlax, Munchlax, Milotic, Relicanth, Greninja, Sceptile, and Barbarical. Also, if you don't have a Pseudo Wudo, but you've got an XL Bonsley, Bonsley comes in at number 13, uh, right behind. So that's kind of fun. This will probably be my meta. I can foresee it just again because I have, uh, I don't use shadows. So this feels like it would be a little more homey to me. I do have an XL Bonsley that I could use. Pseudo Wudo is just better. But what if you bring both? What if you ABB? You can bring both. You can have both. Both is good. Por que no los dos? Arctabax also on this list, as well as stuff like Dragonite, Togetic, Flygon. Seems like an interesting meta. Uh, taking a look, what's usually your cutoff fish? If you look at its overall score in PV Poke, like where's kind of your line for like this is a viable option? 82. Like, eight, 82? Like, which sounds very specific, but it's kind of built off of uh experience from many many past metas like generally 82 is where i would draw the line well there are 52 pokemon up here above that 52 mark that's pretty good that's the last one being fracture at 82.1 alolan muck i'm sorry at 81.8 you just don't make the cut so (laughs) you're not going to hollywood same turtinator not going to hollywood but yeah it looks interesting enough. Other Pokemon, like I love playing Dedenne is super fun. I love a Lapras meta. It takes me back to the good old days when Lapras <laughs> was all over the place. It's a meta where Frostlass is allowed, so that might make an appearance on my team as well. We'll have to see. Snowy Cast Form Fish. I know you talk about that one, or we've chatted about Snowy Cast mm-hmm. Form before. Mm-hmm. How it just needs one charge move <laughs> that's not ice, and it would be so good. But it's sitting down there at 33 for this meta. Anything else on Primordial that you can think of, Fish? Uh, Nope. Just like the other metas, I think more will come to light as as we go through the cycle and play around with these metas, have a few practice battles, build some teams, find out what works and doesn't work, and so on. And that is it for Battle Frontier for right now. I'm excited to talk more about it. Again, Battle Frontier, it's the same idea as factions where you're competing as a team. Fish, there's also a new monthly solo format coming out, and that organization is Devin Corp. Can you tell us a little bit about Devin and their new monthly solo format? So Devin spun off of a project that we have talked about on this podcast in in the past which is Zygarde. So the whole point of the Zygarde project was for the community to come together and build a new grassroots system of PvP uh, which involved a, a solo format and a team format um, that uh, that was kind of, kind of owned and run by the community by the people for the people kind of thing. Now 
there were a few people from that project that spun off to become this Devon organization. And they are the ones who are handling the whole global solo PVP competitive format. And they are ready to launch their first meta for January 2024. It is a meta called the Knockout Cup. And DeFi, the Knockout Cup is a slot-based meta, which... <laughs> well, um, no, slot-based metas in uh, the, the solo silk competition did always get a little bit of ire from the player base. So <laughs> I find it amusing that this is the first one that they've come out with. But I'm personally excited. What does the Knockout Cup look like? The Knockout Cup. You build a team, pick a fighter, choose your champion uh, between these five Pokemon. You can pick a Machamp, a Surfetched, a Hitmontop, a Primeape, or a Polyrath. I imagine Polyrath is going to be pretty popular. It's very popular in the official circuit right now. So first step, choose your fighter. Then you pick out of the restricted picks. You can pick up to two. You don't have to, but you can pick up to two from the restricted picks. And those are Gastronon, Whiskash, Diggersby, Runerigus, Galissapod, Araquanid, Tentacruel, Ariados, Chargebug, Vicavolt, and Galvantula. So that'll take up up to three spots on your team. Then you get to pick any combination to fill out the rest of your team from the Pokemon from the pre-selected list and the pre-selected list is kind of divided up into five parts you have pseudo fighters so don fand and a scavalier water types there's a wide list poison types uh there's a variety listed there ground types and electric types uh, so big list of those and you can, out of all of those pokemon you can pick three. So this is an extremely restricted meta. If you take a look at it, there are only, um, scrolling down to the bottom, 67 Pokemon total in this meta. If we take a look at the top 10 on PV Poke, we have Whiskash, Diggersby, Gastrodon, Galissapod, Surfetched, Runerigus, Hitmontop, Araquanid, Polyrath, and Rainy Cast form. But again, many of those are restricted you can only pick one uh, of them or you can pick just a couple so being able to construct your team around that is going to be really challenging Whiskash being on the top you might want to think like oh i'm going to use Whiskash maybe as my restricted pick because it's really good but you have to think like okay i have my Whiskash. how am i going to beat an araquanid how am i going to beat a galissapod how am i going to beat a polyrath a surfetched uh, Whiskash loses mm -hmm. to gastrodon and even shields just I think your team building and being able to plan for everything is going to be really important because there's not a lot you have to plan for. There's only 67 Pokemon <laughs> total. Um, and some of them, probably not great. Poison Jabs of Viper, Heliolisk. Hey, you leave the Viper alone. I know, but they're not great. You use that, um, you, let's take that 82 mark that you mentioned. There's only 35 above that mark. Mm, interesting. And again, a lot of these Pokemon are restricted. If we take a look at just the picks that are not restricted, and I don't even think this fully covers it because showing limited Pokemon like Surfetched. Surfetched is a limited Pokemon. You can only pick the one. 
Well, I guess is one of the ones in the the first slot. So there, yeah. you have to pick a fighter. So those fighters are regular Machamp, Surfetched, Hip on Top, Primeape, or Poliwrath. So every team is going to have one of those five Pokemon. That's true, but you can't have more than one. Yeah. So let's if you just take out that restricted list, then all you have are. Not it's just not that many. There's not that <laughs> many. Um, I can't as easily count it anymore. But if you take a look, like just from those fighters, so if you take out the restricted list, you take out the fighters. Rainy cast form looks like it's going to be a really solid choice. Marsh Tomp, um, Politoed looks really good. You know, then Stunfisk, Greninja look like some really really solid choices. Fifty six. Pokemon are not restricted. A, sm- a small. Yes. It is very small. I'm, my first impressions are surfetched, like 100% surfetched for your fighter. Because, yes, Poliwrath is very good, but surfetched with its counter and leaf blade combination would have just a whale of a time with that one. And also a whaler of a time. No, that's actually not what I meant. <laughs> you should be ashamed of you. No, <laughs> I, I will have no shame over making a whaler pun. PVP Steve would stand with me on this. Um, and look at this list: Whiskash, Diggersby, Gastrodon, Galissapod, and Surfetch. Runarigus. This is. I'm just reading down the list of the the top Pokemon overall on PVP Poke. Runarigus. Hit on top of Raquinid, Polyrath, Rainy Cast Form, Marsh Tom, Charger Bug, Politoed, Unovan Stunfisk, Greninja. How many of those Pokemon are weak to grass damage? Basically all of them. Yeah, like the only ones that don't care about the grass damage. I mean, well, like even your Machamp, like Leaf Blade is a strong move and Surfesh is higher, such a high attack Pokemon that like even a Machamp won't like the uh, the, to, to be hit by the Leaf Blade, even though it is neutral. Hitmontop is probably the thing that is least affected by it. Galissapod is, like, it's neutral against Galissapod, but it's not a particularly bulky Pokemon, so, uh, like, a couple of Leaf Blades will take out a Galissapod as well. Like, I'm thinking Surfetched is the way to go. Having said that, I do also notice that it is the highest ranked of the fighters, which means that I'm probably not going to be like, when I first said that, I was like, ah, oh, see, everyone's going to go Polyrath and I'm going to like 4D chest them and, and pick Surfetch. But no, <laughs> being the highest ranked fighter, I think most people are going to think of that as well. However, there are other Pokemon that have grass damage available to them. Ariados is a restricted pick ranked at number 20. It will beat the fighters and has the Trailblaze to be able to, you know, beat your mud boys um, and and other waters as well. Galvantula does have energy ball and it is recommended in its moveset. So instead of uh, lunge and discharge, it's recommending bolt switch, lunge and energy ball. Kanto Raichu just had Trailblaze added to it. Uh, you got Skuntank with Trailblaze. You got Minin with Grass Knot. So there are a lot of other grass options available. I like it. Anything else you want to add on the knockout cup? And again, we 
it, they just announced it. It's going to be, you're going to need to know Draco Viz's, like, te- that's where they're going to run the tournament. Like, that's where the battles are going to happen, that kind of thing. But the leaderboards, I think, are going to be on Devin's website. So still some things to work out, still some things to try to figure out. But this is for January 2024. I'm really excited to see how this is all going to pan out. Uh, and it'll be kind of fun. It'll be interesting to see the solo and the team formats running completely separately from each other. But I am very interested. Well, I'm not sure how separate they're going to be. Because I don't know if you noticed that the Devon logo is on the infographics for the Battle Frontier domains. Yeah, I'm sure we're we're all working together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, they're they're definitely not they're definitely not entirely two separate entities. There's there's going to be a lot of like working together on both of those. I guess they just have two different names on the marquee. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's different people. I think Devin is more about like creating different interesting metas. I think yeah. that's kind of their purpose is meta creation, and I'm excited to see where they go. And with that, let's put the grassroots section to bed and move along to the play Pokemon section. We had the San Antonio Regional Championship happening this past weekend. DeFi, how did that how did that one go? I heard a lot of great things about it. I am gonna preface and say I was traveling in Atlanta. Did not watch any of the battles, but I kept up on social media. And actually, I'll probably talk about it again at the end of the show. I'm going to do a recap stream with the chef himself, Nighttime Clasher, this week that I'm really excited for. So be sure to check out the VOD for that. I believe we're going to do that on his channel. So be sure to check out Nighttime Clasher on uh, Twitch to see where that goes. I believe he's on Twitch. Yes. That's very cool. Yeah, I didn't actually know Nighttime Clasher was a streamer, so that's really cool. He streams every once in a while. So I did not personally watch a ton. Um, I didn't personally watch any of it, but I saw a lot of information. So no, I've already been spoiled. It's fine, but I'm excited (laughs) to watch the battles. The San Antonio Regional Championships took place this last weekend, the 16th and 17th of December. We had, I believe, it was a big tournament. Over 128 players were registered and played, which is fantastic. It's the biggest North American one to date outside of an international. Our winner was Dunebug97. So we have Dunebug claiming the regional championship. Seems to do pretty well in Texas, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, Texas seems to smile favorably on Dunebug. Interestingly, I did, uh, uh, I have to admit, I didn't watch it either, but <laughs> what a great podcast that we are. I, um, see, but I'm, I knew I wasn't going to watch it and I'm going to watch them. I'm going to watch the whole thing coming up very soon. Yeah. A lot of these I, I catch up on as well. They they just, I'm always doing other things when, uh, when, when they happen to be on, but, uh, what I did here was that Dunebug actually lost in the first round and fought his way all the way through the loser's side of the bracket to earn themselves a final against Wadaj, the loser's final against Wadaj, and then face Arrow in the grand final. Reset against Arrow in 3-2 to two and then won 3-2 to two in the bracket reset. So... My word, what a slog. What a fight. 
Yes. So if you take a look, I'm going to grab, I'm going to find Dunebug here. He was in the, he was in group F and he lost right away um, to a trainer I don't recognize, UE Waxod, and immediately dropped down to loser. So he had, he 2 0 somebody. He played Zimigid 1 2 0. Um, Margarito 1 2 0. He had to beat the person who knocked him out. Later on, losers round five beat Frostfire, TT Ghostmaker. Uh, it's a long road. And then mm. if you go to the final stage, and again, it was kind of a bigger final stage bracket because we had so many players. But then Dune 2-1 against Iomero. Um, Sankalor, E4X Sankalor 2-1 against them. Elam, 2-0'd Elam. 2-0'd Rise to Occasion. 2-0'd Evans, um, Evan, 7-7-7-13. Uh, 3-0'd Wadaj. Not just beat Wadaj. 3-0'd Wadaj. Just smack the bowl out of his hands. And then, yeah, had to bracket reset Arrow in 10 battles. So a 3-2 and a 3-2. So absolutely incredible performance. I'm very excited to go back and watch those battles from Dunebug. Let's go over his team. Dunebug brought in Altaria, Cresselia, Gligar, Registeel, Skeleturge, and Whiskash. Love seeing a little bit like seeing Altaria back is very interesting uh, since the sky attack uh, was nerfed and seeing Skeledurge do really well. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more Skeledurge in the future. It's a very, very good Pokemon. Incinerate, um, Disarming Voice, you get to there really, really fast. And then obviously Shadow Ball is an incredibly powerful move when you have that same type attack bonus. Then you all have Arrow's team who took second place. Carbink, Chargebug, Shadow Gligar, Lickitung, Regular Polyrath, and Skarmory. So a lot of these kind of newly buffed Pokemon are featured. Lots of Chargebug in the top eight or so. You actually have the whole top 16 we can look at as well. Um, I'm just kind of peeking at the top eight. There, Rise brought a Guzzlord, <laughs> which I love to see. Not as many Lanterns. As previously, a lot more charge bug for that electric type damage. Love it. Um, and wa- and water type damage, you see a little bit more from of those Polyrath and Whiskash. Um, so Lantern kind of relegated down to one, two, three, four, five, sixth place and down from people like Onion Frank and Elam running that. Um, uh, Mama Climbs was really, I was really excited, tied for ninth, running Azumarill, Cresselia, Gligar, Galarian, Stunfisk, Trevenant, and Umbreon. A little bit of a blast from the past team there, but had very, very good battles. I want to find Nighttime Clasher because he literally put on a chef's hat <laughs> on stream. And like, I just saw the, um, all I did was see like the clip. I didn't actually get to see him play. So hopefully he'll showcase a little bit of his battles. Another person who competed for the very first time, Speediest Chief, ran a Bronzong. I love it. I, I want to know what the what the thought was behind that one. Well, he ran Confusion, Psyshock, and Payback on it. Um, also ran a Guzzlord. We love to see it. One surprise. Um. Rargraf, Lindos Rargraf took tied for 33rd, like was knocked out relatively early after coming off of winning LAIC. So that was a big surprise for people. I found Nighttime Clasher's team Shadow Obama Snow, Chargebug, Shadow Gligar, Lickitung, Shadow Polyrath, and Skeledurge. Uh, just, I would love to see a little bit more of that. I'm excited to talk to Nighttime Clasher on stream soon. We will be doing that. 
Something that came up on my stream recently was the question, when's Skeleturge? Skeleturge is a starter Pokemon, which means eventually it's going to get a community day where it will have access to the move Blastburn. Do you think it uses Blastburn? Or do you think it sticks with its current moveset of Shadow Ball and Disarming Voice? The move to be replaced, I'm assuming, would be the Disarming Voice. How fast, like, what's the comparison? Do you still get to Blastburn quickly, I guess, would be the important question. Because if you have a choice between Disarming Voice and Blastburn, like, Blastburn's generally going to be a really good move. But do you get to it, like, how much slower do you get to Blastburn? So... Blastburn is three incinerates, then two, then three. Disarming Voice is three, then two, then two. So it is a little bit quicker, but you've got to, to get that benefit, you've got to be in the battle for, like, be on the battlefield for a relatively long time. It also gives coverage against those darks, which does actually help. Like, I've, I've had, say, Umbreon versus Skeleturge matchups, which aren't just slam dunks for the Umbreon because that disarming voice is doing a reasonable amount of damage. Like still not in, not even enough to take Umbreon into the yellow on its own, but then combined with those incinerates, which are so powerful, like they do add up relatively fast. And then you've got something like, uh, you know, when I, I was talking about Obstagoon before in my holiday cup battles, like occasionally I'll be in against a Skeletoge there and like, I'm not doing any damage with the counters Whereas they get to those that that second and the third disarming voice so quickly that like I I end up having to use more shields than than what my opponent does. So like disarming voice really handy on that Pokemon, and I'm not entirely sure that Blastburn will just be an automatic replacement for it. Yeah, that's I'm I don't think it necessarily would be either. It would definitely be weighing the cost and benefit. It might depend on like what the meta is. Like if you're running open as in like the official tournament circuit or if it's a restricted meta, it might not be a strict upgrade because mm. I think Skeledurge values being able to get to something very quickly. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to it's me. A, in, in, like really, really interesting to see how that one plays out. It'll probably be the first, uh, I was going to say the first Pokemon that it's not just an automatic, you must have this move, but that is not actually true because Sceptile is one <laughs> that actually benefits probably more from Leaf Blade than it does Frenzy Plant. However, Sceptile are not a particularly meta Pokemon, so we kind of forget about that one. I also would like to just call attention to two people whom I'm I was quite excited to see their success and they are Wolf4601 and Mama Climbs who you mentioned. So Mama Climbs um is someone who shit I I like to take credit for Mama Climbs cuz like she uh she was like in the community like in the in the GoCast in the Pallet Town communities at first and then she's became a streamer on the on the Pallet Town PVP twitch channel then she just got too big for us <laughs> she um she got her own channel and she's she was like uh smashing it there and she's always been so so good and 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 one reason for that is that her partner is actually one of the like original superstars of pokemon go pvp like before before gbl was a thing like back back in the like original sylph days a guy called valor ash he was like uh one of the the first content creators as well like for a long time he was a coach 
for Go Stadium as well. Like, um, him and her are just like it's just, they're so good. <laughs> and power couple, power couple of PvP, and uh, we've seen Valor Ash get up there a couple of times. Haven't seen that yet from Mama Climb, so I was so so excited to see her get the success that has been coming to her for a long time, especially since you're like. Even just as a friend, I really, really like her. Like she, she was part of our last drunk PvP stream, and she like invited me onto her stream for a duo lately. And like I have so much fun uh, chatting with her and, and just hanging out with her. So like really, really excited for her. And then Wolf is someone who has been hanging around in the Pallet Town PvP Discord a lot as well, and seeing his run was super, super exciting. So uh, first he beat the guy who beat Rajef. Rajefi? Rajef? So, like, Rajef lost in, I think it was round one or two, and then the guy that took him out faced Wolf. Wolf beat this person, so that was already, like, we were excited for them. Then they came up against a battler called Flying Pizza, who I don't think we've mentioned on this stream before, but is also someone who is spectacularly good. Like, I think he finished in, like, the top 20 or 30 of the global sylph rankings in their last season uh, is is someone who yeah, has a very just, talented battler for sure yeah just super super talent and like came up against flying pizza and ended up beating flying pizza as well ended up making it to the winner's final before losing in three battles to Haydonis actual who is someone who you know, we've we've mentioned him before he's he's had a lot of success very consistently high ranked battler and so Wolf is someone else as well that we were like following along, getting really excited for their success. Shout out to both of those trainers. We love seeing those successes. And we'll talk about more at the end of the show, but let's go ahead and talk about what's happening this weekend, which is nothing because we are moving into the <laughs> holiday season. It is Christmas here, if that is a holiday that you celebrate. So nothing going on here. Uh, nothing actually until Portland, which is going to be January 5th to the 7th. I don't think I've seen any updates on registrations uh, lately for any of these tournaments. I haven't seen any official things or anybody reposting, but Portland last we heard was about 47 people registered. Charlotte still seems like it's a small number. I can see here it's 55. We can do better, North America. We know we can. <laughs> we just did it in San Antonio. We got the 128. Let's see this tournament uh, blow tiny. up. I know Whatever. it's tough. We'll see. Let's see some more of these tournaments uh, blow up like that. Then we have Liverpool, January 27th to the 28th. Last I saw, there were about 92 people registered. I imagine that is going to be a very large tournament. So be sure if that's something you are interested in, be sure to check that out. Um, go. It has 256 total that you can have for Liverpool. Max it out. You can do it, Liverpool. Then Knoxville, we have in North America. Registration was opened for that. Oh, last I saw was like a week or two ago, 20 for Knoxville. Come on. It's not, you can, you can go to Knoxville. Think about if you can go to Knoxville, listeners. Might be, might be a good little tournament there. And then we have Melbourne, which is currently beating a North American tournament. It's doing, <laughs> it's got higher numbers than Knoxville. Uh, are we still at about 46 fish? Yeah, yeah. 
46 was the i actually just updated that today uh 46 currently registered for which so far isn't as much as what brisbane was which that surprises me i was very much expecting melbourne to blow all the other regionals out of the water but so far that is not the case now of course we are still like two months away (laughs) from it so plenty of time they're only 10 shy of that number but uh yeah I'm, i'm a little bit surprised there And then last but not least, Dortmund just opened registration. That is going to be February 10th to the 11th in Germany. So be sure that you are on the lookout for those. And that takes us to about, again, mid-February and lots of events. We are only about halfway through the season. Lots more opportunities to participate. And, you know, make your claim on history here with the official tournament circuit. And with that, it's time to open up our mailbag. We have a burlap sack sitting in between us here that I'm just going to fish around inside. I'll, ha, I'll take the fish. Cut. Sorry? Fish is fishing. Fish is fishing. Fish is fishing. I'm fishing inside the, uh, the burlap sack, and I've pulled out this one from December 6th from Baby Evie, who says, Hi, DeFi and Fish. Baby Evie here. I was wondering what moves would be good for his Suian Samurai as I got a weather-boosted hundo during raid day, and I want to try and incorporate it into my Ultra League team. I also would like to know how you would rate my team for Great League. Metacham with Counter and Power-Up Punch, Beedrill with Poison Jab, Felstinger and Exorcer, and Galarian Slowbro with Confusion, Sludge Bomb, and Psychic. If you have any suggestions for this team, I would love to hear them. Thanks, Baby Evie. Well, Baby Evie, if you take a look, regular Samurott actually does a lot better. In the Open Ultra League. For Open Ultra League, you are going to want... Um, it doesn't actually have to be XL'd. You could have just kind of the best one would be like level 37 with a 0, 15, 13. A hundo, you'll definitely get there a lot faster for Hisuian Samurott. Regular Samurott, though, actually has quite a bit of play in Open Ultra League with Fury Cutter, Hydro Cannon, and Megahorn. Hisuian Samurott, because it doesn't have access to that really powerful move of Hydro Cannon just isn't quite as good. It still has Fury Cutter, but instead you're going to want to run Icy Wind and Dark Pulse. And I think the problem with Hisuian Samurott, because it doesn't have that Hydro Cannon, you don't have the tools you need to beat something like a Steelix, a Talonflame. You're still going to have some wins, like you're going to beat, still going to beat like a Swampert, a Greninja, a Jellicent, uh, that kind of Pokemon, but there's just a lot of really tough matchups for the Hisuian one in particular. Now, if you can find a regular Samurott, you might be cooking there, I think, with, with that Hydro Cannon Megahorn combination in the Ultra League. It does do a lot better against Giratina. That's its one claim to fame. Other than that, that's all I can <laughs> that's all I can think of off the top of my head. But um yeah, they, that, I mean, that's your that's your recommended moveset is your Fury Cutter, Icy Wind, and Dark Pulse. Yep, just has, it's a lot tougher to use than regular old normal Unovan Samurott. But you also asked us about your team for the Great League Fish, if you want to plug this mm. in as I read it. We have Metacham with Counter and Power Up Punch, Beedrill with Poison Jab, Fell Stinger, and Exciser, and then Galarian Slowbro, probably something a little featured from the Community Day we just had in December. We have Confusion, Sludge Bomb, and Psychic. If you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear them. So let's go ahead. Fish, what would you suggest for that team? 
Well, DeFi, what is the first thing we talk about, which is just an, uh, like an instant way to improve how well your team performs? Double moving your Pokemon. Double moving your Pokemon. I was, <laughs> I was worried about throwing that one out there. Like, will she know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, that's exactly right. So uh, Metacham with counter and power up punch. Like Metacham is good. It's typing is a large part of uh, what makes it so good. But with just the two moves, the counter and power up punch, it's not going to be even close to as good as it could be. So adding in a second move, it could be ice punch, it could be psychic, it could be dynamic punch. Each of those moves will get you something different. But if you can grind out the Stardust and Candy, you need to double move that Pokemon. I would highly, highly recommend that. Okay, Fish. So let's say they double move their Metacham with counter power up punch and what would you, what would you recommend? A dynamic punch, maybe, as the third, or I would probably say I probably wouldn't pair power up punch with dynamic punch, just because being able to boost the damage that the dynamic punch is doing is probably not going to get you many extra wins than what just having dynamic punch on its own would get. Like you're still going to beat an Umbreon, you're still going to beat uh, a Lickitung, yeah, you're still going to beat a lot of those things that. Uh, uh, like your red steel as well like with dynamic punch you just get those on your on their own so i would probably if i'm gonna have dynamic punch have either ice punch or psychic as a second move if we're gonna keep power up punch then let's go with let's just go ice punch ice punch or psychic will both be fine with power up punch but let's just for the sake of it go ice so the biggest issue here is skarmory oh boy do you lose to skarmory <laughs> the <laughs> Uh, Beedrill and the Galarian Slowbro both do quite poorly against it. Now, that would be a little, a little better on Slowbro if you had the Community Day move of Surf, or it also knows Scold as well, so you could potentially use that. But still, it's not a great time. Cresselia is also a Pokemon that beats all three. Carbink, Mantine, Jellicent, Swampert. There's actually a reasonably long list. So how would I change that? Is there a moveset? Because I'm not looking at it right now. Is there a moveset you think? Or would you do uh, switch out maybe the Galarian Slowbro for something else? Because I do really like the Beedrill and the Metacham. Uh, last time we read Baby Eevee's email, they, uh, they mentioned the Beedrill with double bug charge moves and we talked about the advantages and disadvantages of that if they can give it drill run then that will improve that thing a lot taking slowbro out of the list looking at the potential alternatives listed on the pv poke team builder we have Redisteel, which it's like that'll definitely do well might not be as accessible as some other pokemon so looking down the list we've got lantern is there Bastidon, your own Skarmory, Magnazone as well is listed. Let's take a look at Watergun Lantern. So the coverage improves a lot. So you're losing to Cresselia at that point, but the Beedrill I think will do quite well against Cresselia. We've got Swampert, Lantern, like Opposing Lantern, Whiskash, that, which are, these are all pretty meta-relevant Pokemon, but... None of them are hard wins. So Cresselia, like you've got play against Cresselia with the, the Beedrill and the Lantern. Metacham, probably not as much. Uh, Swampert, you have play with Metacham and with the Watergun Lantern. 
same with the Whiskash, the Metasham and the Watergun Lantern will do okay. Of course, you do have to worry about the Mud Bombs with Whiskash. There is play, uh, like a lot more play there than, say, with the Slowbro. So I guess that's my suggestion. Try Watergun Lantern instead of Galarian Slowbro. Uh, so that is one way. If you think of a different way, Baby Evie, please let us know a different Pokemon that you might want to try in that slot. And let's move on to Garden of Eyes from December 8th. Garden of Eyes writes in, just wanted to drop by and say I'm still running Swoobat. Let's go. <laughs> Although this time around, I'm running him alongside Skarmory and Shadow Swampert. Definitely not as effective as in the last league, but I'm committed to keeping him on my team as he was my first hundo and my son actually threw that ball that caught him. I'm wondering if either of you have any Pokemon in Go that you have some sort of special connection to. Anyway, here's a picture of my Swoobat doing Swoobat things. And the, <laughs> the I'm looking at the picture now. Swoobat is against an Alomomola and it has just dropped the Alomomola's defense. Um, the Alomomola has used two shoes. I actually, no, okay. Uh, the opponent only has the one Pokemon left and it is that Alomomola and it's in the red. Swoobat is almost fainted, but their other two Pokemon haven't even entered the field yet. So Swoobat has very, very nearly 1v3 to the opponent's entire team. <laughs> oh my goodness. Without shields either. Like, they've still got both shields in play. Incredible. Yeah. You'll love Swoobat to see doing it. so well for, for Garden of Eyes. So to, to reset, for those who might not have heard previous episodes, this is, I think, the third time Garden of Eyes has written in and is is updating us which we we appreciate because <laughs> um because we do ask to to keep us updated so garden advice has kept us updated on the progress of this swoop ad and it looks like they are just going better and better and better doing so mu- so well with this pokemon so really happy to see someone making this spicy pick work so well for them fantastic do you have any Pokemon that have that you have some sort of special connection to? Well, I'm taking a look at some of my oldest Pokemon that I use in Great League still, because a lot of times you will like you get newer versions of something and you update it. I still have uh, and I still use the Venusaur that I caught on the very first Venusaur Community Day in 2018. It's shiny. So that's part of the reason, but it's shiny. It gets to exactly 1500. I think it's a four thirteen fourteen. So it's not perfect. It's a little, it's got a little bit more of an attack on it, which I, I do like trying to think some of my older ones too. my frost last. I still have, I still use and have my very first frost last, even though it's stats are not, <laughs> not the best, but again, it's a shiny. I like, I like some of my shiny stuff. Otherwise, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. For me, like it's age. Like I still have my very first um, Raichu that I ever got from my very first Pikachu in game. It's my oldest Pokemon that I have. I don't have my starter. It bums me out. But I do have my first Pikachu, which I think is pretty cool. And I still have the first Gyarados I ever evolved in game, which back in 2016 was a struggle. If anybody remembers, try it because we didn't like it was hard. Like evolving and catching all of catching all the magic carp was hard. <laughs> I mean, even these days, the the first time you do it, it's it's super difficult. I a lot of the game comes easier to you just by putting in the hours, like and having the resources, right? Like, have, well, I mean, that, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, if you the more hours you put in, the more resources you 
tend to accumulate. Like for those people who like grind for three hours a day, I don't think Stardust is much of a problem for those people. And like we've talked about the the accessibility of XL Candy. Well, like there are some Pokemon that just through the course of playing the game since XL Candy was introduced, I've got like 900 XLs for them. Like they're, they're Pokemon that I haven't had to use those XLs on yet, but the it illustrates how just time in the game can help you accumulate those things. I was looking at community day stuff this weekend and just mm-hmm. like how many XL candy I have for certain things. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need 683 Noibat XL candy, but right. I have them. <laughs> exactly. I have them. I'm trying to think of something else. Eevee, I know I have a ton because I haven't really used it yet. But there were a couple community day things that I was like, I don't need any more of this XL candy. And I have I have so much. I remember seeing a YouTube video very early on in kind of the, the lifespan of PvP, which was it was a video on how to maximize Stardust and Candy. Like how to how to just get all the Stardust and Candy. And they gave a whole bunch of tips on how to maximize candy. But then it came to Stardust. And their number one tip for how to gain heaps of stardust was just don't spend it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you if you just if you're more judicious on how to spend your stardust, you will find that it will grow as time goes. Just just like interest in the bank account, you know, it'll grow. Over, the more you just let it sit there and don't touch it, the more it'll just grow naturally until eventually you get to a point where you look and you're like wow i've got actually a really big number yep i'm still at around like four million which was unthinkable right when i started pvp (laughs) i used to call it living paycheck to paycheck where like each month my aim would be to to accrue enough stardust to be able to build out my team for the next sylph cup and then I'd be starting from scratch again and like I'd have to grind enough to to build the next month's team after that. But now that I've you know, I've been doing PvP for like five years now, like I've built one of everything before. <laughs> how how many PvP Pokemon have you built? I I don't think I've tagged everything. Um, but I know I have at least two hundred mm-hmm. different Pokemon. Not all of them are good. Oh yeah. Yeah, there'll be some There'll be some weird ones in there. Like, I love you, PvP Steve, but I have this Whalmer. <laughs> that's like, it's not built, but it's like ready to be built. Yeah. Like, yep. I have all the XL candy. Like, it's it's best buddy and it's there. I have Powdon for Great League is kind of niche. This Unpheasant kind of niche. Octillery. I, I think the weirdest I can think of at the moment is I did build a Jinx one time yep i think i have a jinx in my list somewhere (laughs) nice nice. so as for pokemon that i have a special connection to i would two two of them come to mind or three three pokemon come to mind for me uh the first is my one and only pikachu with surf because i was a day one returning player so i started the game on day one fell off the off the boat for like a year and a half and then was brought back into it just before PVP became a thing. And so naturally I'd missed out on so, so many things that had been brought into the game, like a lot of legendary Pokemon, a lot of event Pokemon. And slowly, slowly, slowly over time, a lot of those things came back. 
um, like the like Shadow Ball Mewtwo, which was a thing originally, but you know became a legacy move. Like I, I got a few of those. The uh, Kanto Birds with those legacy moves as well. Uh, in, in fact, a lot of it is just legacy moved Pokemon. Like do you remember when Shadow Ball on Hypno was so sought after, and Shadow Ball on Haunter. Well, it's a little soft a- sought after now because now you just have to play Charge TM Roulette forever. <laughs> I do, I do remember those. Yeah. I remember those days. The and like this was before Elite TM, so like there was this whole this whole thing of like all the PvP people would be asking for like, hey, do you have a Haunter with Shadow Ball? And it's like the the people who don't do PvP would look at you like, why would I have a Haunter? with this old move that's like it's like i kept having people saying responding like i've got gengar with shadow ball and i'm like no 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 (laughs) it's not not the same (laughs) um but like i eventually caught up on all those things one of the last things that i never managed to catch up on was the original community day with pikachu and surf and of course Surf Pikachu does not have any sort of use PvP wise. It is one of the very few things, very few things in the game that I had an interest in from a non-PvP perspective, just because it hit me right in the nostalgia. Just just smacked me in the nostalgia, Devi, um, because of that well, reference yes. to the reference to Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon like Yellow, which was my first introduction into the universe nostalgic. of Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. So um 2019 December Community Day comes around and one of the things that was available as part of that weekend was in raids you could get a Pikachu with Surf. I didn't realize this at the time. It's uh, like we didn't have like the podcast at that stage so I like wasn't keeping as much up on the the news of the game. So I didn't realize this at the time. I just happened to be walking in the city one day i saw a pikachu in a raid i kind of put two and two together they're like oh is this like is this the community day one and i raided it sure enough it did have surf but not only that it also happened to be shiny oh so yeah the one surf pikachu i i ever got and probably ever will get (laughs) um was a shiny and so i have a a uh, a connection to that pokemon for that reason amazing yeah very good stuff then just like the the charizard and the umbreon that i used in ocic are the other two that that i think of just because you know i i still use the umbreon so much in in tournaments to this day and just the the charizard like i i did super well with it i didn't e- i didn't even notice at the time how well i was doing with it until others pointed out to me afterwards how much the the chat around my battles was to do with how well I was playing the Charizard. Then I had to look back and like, oh yeah, like that <laughs> that was a pretty good farm down and all. Like that was a like I, I did I did play that pretty well. Awesome! Thank you so much for writing in Garden of Eyes. I believe we also have a voicemail from Hero Ice eighteen. This one was sent in on December nine, and it goes a little something like this. Hello, fishing DeFi. This is Hero IC Tina Brandon here, coming in with maybe the first voicemail on PvP Corner. I don't know, I haven't, I've been listening since early last year, so if there's been one before, I haven't known about it until now. But 
I wanted to shoot a quick thing, and I figured it would probably be easier to explain over voice than text, so we'll see if I can do a good job. But I was looking at some of my mons the other day, and I have a Pidgeot built in both the Great League and the Ultra League. And in the Great League, I have it to where my Feather Dance charge move is on the left, and my Brave Bird is on the right. And then when I built mine for Ultra League, how it worked out is it swapped it to where Brave Bird was on the left and Feather uh, Feather Dance was on the right. And that was annoying to where then I had to use a charge move to our charge TM to delete one of the charge moves on the left so I could get that done. And then on the right for Feather Dance, use another charge move to then switch that to Brave Bird and then go back to the first one use another charge TM and then have it be Feather Dance so that's three charge TMs just to do a move around which I kind of feel is ridiculous so I was wondering if it would be a better design in general if for example if you want to use a charge TM instead of it replacing the move it teaches the Pokemon a new move and then like in some of the other mainline games if you want to then have your Pokemon remember the move, then you could have, let's say, a drop-down. And you could see... Let's see who Charizard. If you do the drop-down, it could be Dragon Claw, or Blast Burn, or Hurricane. And you could pick one of the three without having to use a TM. I feel like that's better design in general, just because then, if you have a Community Day move, but you want to swap it around to the other slot, it gets cumbersome. But if it's in its move list then you always have it there and you can make it the best that you want. Hopefully that makes sense and I hope that you guys have a good time discussing it. I hope you have a good Christmas time wherever you guys are. Alright, bye. Yes! Yes! Can yes! we get that tomorrow, please? I have wasted so many charge TMs just trying to get my move placement right. Because I am definitely my faster, my spammy move needs to be on the left. <laughs> and my nuke needs to be on the right. Like that is, mm. I I am that person. And sometimes it's very frustrating because some Pokemon like Greedent for a long time, it was only like, because it didn't have more charge moves. It was just kind of the order. Yeah. You like if you forgot, it. you were kind of stuck with it. If you like didn't realize it right away. Yeah. Uh, and like, I, I would like to be the same where i have my all my like spamier moves on the right and the nuka moves on the nuka nukia moves on the left uh or, or vice versa whatever like i, I want them to all be on the same side but i just don't have the charge tms for that like for those pokemon like a hypno that have 17 charge moves like you you'll end up using 35 tms just to get the same move back that you wanted i remember the first time i tried to tm my mew to the move set that I wanted for it. I had, I think it was like 45 charge TMs available. It had the move Dark Pulse. I wanted Wild Charge. And I spent all 45 TMs and finished with my very last TM on Dark Pulse again. <laughs> <laughs> I just, 45 charge TMs vanished into thin air. I then was just like struggling so hard in. For, for the next like few months because I just didn't have any TMs to 
get the right moves on the right Pokemon. Like this has been a conversation that has been happening in PVP circles for quite a while now. Charge TMs need a rework. And I do like the way that you suggested it. Just thinking from a Niantic standpoint, I think they would, because like the way it sounds like you were describing it, you would only need to use a TM on a Pokemon once and then forevermore, like you could just switch back and forth between the moves you want after that. I think Niantic would prefer a system that encourages us to still go out and obtain more TMs, to play the game to to obtain more TMs. So I'm not sure that's how it would look if they did rework the system, but I am totally, totally with you that the way it is right now is not good enough. I'd even be okay with, okay, I use a TM and it gives me that drop down. Like I'm okay spending a TM to rearrange yeah. things. And then, you know, I have to continue to get more to play. But yeah. let me choose. <laughs> let <laughs> yeah. me pick. And then you still need your elite TMs because there would be some that, like, you could only get from the elite TM. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But, the, yeah, the charge move roulette is ridiculous. If you've ever tried to get the move set you want on a Mew, it's not fun. It's not pretty. No. So, yeah, totally with you. Let, let's... let's uh... Picket Niantic. <laughs> Change. No, Niantic, you can have it for free. <laughs> look at look at this idea you can have for free. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for the voicemail. Unfortunately, not the first voicemail we've ever had, but it's definitely the first voicemail this week. So, so thank you. First voicemail we've had in a while, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's been a long time since so. we've had a voicemail. So thank you for that, Hero Ice. And our mailbag is getting a little light. There's only a couple of couple of letters kind of sitting lonely down the bottom of this sack here so it's time to build the stockpile back up again DeFi is going to be away over the christmas break but i am still going to be attempting to get out an episode i think that might be a good time maybe we won't have a mailbag next week but that gives us a little bit of extra time to uh to, to, to get a few more mails in the bag to build that backlog back up again it doesn't have to be a question it could be uh, funny story it could be a an amusing question it could be a, a response to something that we've talked about on today's episode or any episode or in the just past. tell us how you're doing in like go battle league are you interested Absolutely. in are you interested in the new grassroots formats are you interested in doing trying out a official tournament circuit uh, via play pokemon let us know we'll talk about whatever and with that, let's get into the achievements and milestones, which there, this week there's not that many. All that we had was one in Pallet Town, which was the Great Waldini hit level 45. We did also have someone named DJ Valkyria who uh, was was updating us saying like, uh, this should be enough to get onto, like they've got a very high ELO, they're in veteran at the moment. Um, they are... Uh, like floating around a leaderboard type elo but they haven't quite hit it yet but unfortunately not a milestone that they can brag about just yet in the meantime it is just the great waldini who congratulations on hitting level 45 DeFi, do you have anything to plug coming up 
Well, yeah, I'm going to be on that stream with Nighttime Clasher. I'll also continue putting that fundraiser in the comments for Doctors Without Borders. I haven't streamed a ton. Now we're kind of getting into the holiday season. Uh, but I do want to do at least a couple more streams before the month wraps up. So in the Tiltify, we've raised $710 for Doctors Without Borders, which is fantastic. We absolutely love to see that. The current, the next milestone, if we get 40 more dollars, I will do a 12-hour stream probably sometime in the next coming months. And if we do further, if we get to the $1,000, I will do a playthrough of the game Celeste, which is a platformer. It's something that's very different, kind of out of the box, but is a very enjoyable game to play, as I've heard. So we will see how we do. We've got a probably, yeah, probably a couple more streams before the month wraps up. And for me, I've got, I mentioned it last week, the Clash of Champions Down Under Edition happening on Saturday the 23rd. That is at uh, 6.30 p.m. Central Australian time, I believe it is. So work that out in your own time zone. I believe this episode uh, is a good chance of being out just before that happens. So if you download this thing straight away, then it's probably about to start. (laughs) Um, We've also got... (laughs) The Gym Breakers competition is happening again this month. Pallet Town is not hosting it this time. It is being hosted on the Flash for Everyone Twitch channel. However, I am shoutcasting, so I'll be on with Nighttime Clasher, Hurricane Kaz, and the 6-4 Ninja. That'll be uh, the 21st of December at 7pm GMT. So that will be before this episode comes out. Check the VOD. It'll definitely be on the Flash Forever on Twitch channel. They are always super hype, very fun battles. This is Chile versus Brazil in this one. That's going to be so good. Yeah, South America. I think that's going to come on like South America. There's such good battles. I think it's going to come on like right as I am leaving work. So I'm something I'm definitely looking forward to listening in for. And with that, we love hearing from you. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct that to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Take a look at the show description for the phone number and the PO box address in the show description. You can also click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And also don't forget to have a listen to the other two shows on the podcast feed, the main GoCast podcast for all your news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go, and the newest addition to the family, Starpiece, where Chris and Lachlan recently interviewed David Hernandez slash Hantaro. And we will see you next week.